Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything to do with the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Kelly, I'm a musician, a drummer to be precise, and today we're talking to one of the greatest drummers ever. Uh, his name is Jojo Mayer and once again you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, you can get it on Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud. Uh, the central place that holds all these things together is scottcowie.com. So please rate, review, subscribe, do all those things. But for now, enjoy the podcast. Like I said, today's guest is Jojo Mayer. Very, very excited to, uh, to speak to Jojo. He has been on before and... It's, it's a different type of interview when you speak to this man because not only does he give you information about music, he's got a very broad look on things. Super interesting interview. Um, our co-host Nora Germain will be joining us in a little bit. She's caught in traffic right now in Los Angeles and she'll be joining us from a cafe um, to be precise after the interview with Jojo. Um, Nerve, Jojo's band, have got a UK tour coming up. We talk about that in detail but for now we're going to cut to the chase and talk to the man himself. Uh, the fantastic drummer that is Jojo Mayer. Check it out. Okay, I am back on the Talk Music Podcast for part two uh, with uh, the fantastic Jojo Mayer. Jojo, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, looking forward to seeing your band um, in Glasgow, actually, because you guys have got a few dates in the UK. Uh, for anybody that's not familiar, the band Nerve, um, it's all coming up in November. We'll read out the dates in a little bit. Um, for anybody that, that doesn't know, tell us about this this band, Jojo. Yeah, well, um, I've been doing this band for like quite a while, and um, we um, played some dates in the UK last year for like the first time and um it was it was great to you know finally after all these years i mean we've been playing all over the world like japan south america united states and, and continental europe but it was actually the first time where i've been able to bring the band over to the uk and because um, i have a lot of fans there and um it was you know great the response that 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 we got so like you know we decided to to hit this territory on, on a regular basis and uh, this time we will be able to add Scotland to it. So I'm really excited uh, about it. Uh, perfect lead into my next question. You mentioned Scotland. Um, you're a man that's uh, a little bit of a historian. I watched your TED talk earlier today where you're talking about the history of the drums, which no doubt we'll get to. Uh, sure. What, what do you know about the, the history of Scotland? Are you interested in uh, doing a bit of sightseeing when you're here? Because um, like you said, the band never played Scotland before. Very exciting. Yeah, well... Um... Yeah, I, I know I know quite a bit. Um, I got a bunch of friends in Scotland. I, I have like remote family too, as as a matter of fact. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see um, all these people too. You know, I mean, so far all I've been able to do in Scotland is uh, I I did a bunch of clinics. Mm-hmm. That is it. But you know, of course. You know, being able to bring the band is like, you know, showing people really what we do, you know, and uh, it's like, you know, uh, like drum clinics are, are, you know, very often a little bit of like, you know, a display of, of concept, you know, and, and, and abilities or, you know, explaining what what you do. But you give actually people the musical experience because that's what actually what it, what it is that I'm doing, you know, uh, is always a, a great opportunity, you know, and uh, so I'm, I'm totally looking forward to that. 
Excellent. You said you've got a remote family in Scotland. That's that's good. We'll we'll claim you as one of our own, Jojo. We'll claim you as Scottish. That's that's all good with us. Yeah. Well, they're not uh, they're not Scots, you know, but uh, but they they moved there. I don't know a couple of decades ago. You know, that's close. They like it. they they like it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so yeah, uh, UK dates coming up. We mentioned that just there, the, the drum clinics. Of course, we we've all watched them online. Just a fantastic technique, as we all know. But not only have you got a strong interest in in drumming technique, um, as I alluded to before, amazing knowledge you have on the history of drumming. What made you study that to such a degree, Jojo? Was this passed on through the family? Is it something you read up on? Was it a bit of both? Uh, well, I mean, generally. A- I concern myself. Uh, I would consider myself to be a curious person, and and I am, I'm, you know, I'm always interested to get to the bottom of things. You know, like you know why things are happening, or I guess this is a little bit. You know, there's a little bit of a, a strand of scientists in my family, and I I, I guess that's uh, that part. You know, in my in my DNA, uh, because also I. I'm somehow, I'm somehow have a, a bit of a, like a, uh, a challenged, uh, you know, uh, I have a little bit of like a, um, a challenging, uh, relationship to, to academia. Uh, as I, I learned drums pretty much by myself as like an autodidact. So, so I always challenged like the school system cause I kind of had a shit time being being a student and 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 always was at the arts with like rigid protocol of academia so very early on i started to kind of like devise my own system of like uh, making acquisitions of like knowledge and and processing that so i think that comes to the uh, actually to the to the credit of why i do things a certain way so my 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 general approach to learning is not just to, you know, make blind, blindly make acquisitions of like knowledge, but really trying to understand what it is that I need in order to get where I want to go. So um, I think that is quite different. And uh, I also think that uh, our, you know, our academic system, not just in music academia, but, you know, academia in, in general, is, is is coming to a crossroads right now where it doesn't quite work anymore because people are currently educated for jobs that will no longer exist by the time they graduate because technology is evolving so quickly and our world is changing so quickly that I think one of the most important things for anyone to do to you know keep pace with what what, what is going on in the world is to go back to the actual essence of learning, which is creativity, curiosity, and uh, and improvisation. And, and, and those are the thing. Those are the guidelines from uh, that I used for pretty much everything. You know, like uh, like devising my own system of, of of teaching, my my way of approaching art and music and and life in general. So uh, also with my band, we were trying to communicate that very, very strongly. So I think all those things come primarily from observation, uh, listening, 
paying attention, becoming aware, and drawing the essence uh, of, of the conclusion to what is really going on. And I think that would, that's the most helpful way from getting from A to B, really. <laughs> Love it. Uh, you mentioned the band there, you mentioned creativity. What's that creative process like in this band? Uh, who is there ideas already written prior to coming out of the rehearsal? Is it improvisation-led? How does it all come about? Well, a lot of it is improvisation. I mean, everybody in my band uh, has to a certain degree a background in jazz, you know, although we all consider ourselves to be jazz dropouts, you know, I mean, jazz has been a very amazing art form of the 20th century, but um, as with every art form, when it's, you know, when it's being held hostage by academia, it will be, re- it will have to be replaced by something new, which is alive. Uh, so all these great art forms that we had in the 20th century, like rock and roll and R&B and, 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 and hip-hop, you know, are coming to a place where they don't really are able to evolve naturally again, you know. And, and what's going on in popular culture is a very good indication of that, you know, because we've been basically not really going anywhere for the past two decades. I mean, which, which doesn't mean that there's a lot of creative people and, like, microscopic cells of, of forward pushing artists and, and musicians that, that create really great stuff. But the mainstream is probably like has been in this worst shape that it's ever been for possibly maybe the past 200 years you know, or, 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 or since we recorded you know, like music. And there is a reason for that. You know? So Nerve is really a platform of exploration. You know? And I wouldn't say that it is Nerve is... It's not experimental music because we know exactly what it is that that we do, and you know we mash up a lot of different styles and influence, you know, and and we would take what we love from uh, from from jazz, which is the spirit of evolution and the spirit of self-expression and the spirit of uh, innovation and the spirit of creativity and improvisation. And we embrace the spirit of rock and roll, which is um, rebellion and, you know, dissent with authority and, and putting question mark uh, behind things where other people don't put question marks. You know, that's like to challenge the status quo. That, that is rock and roll to me. It's a certain attitude, you know. And with R&B, you know, it's just a certain feeling or, or funk that we like, you know, which also came from, you know, uh, um, a particular, you know, I mean, black musicians in the 40s and 50s were up against something. And this is where this music came from. And I think we're also up against something. And uh, uh, we would like to share that sentiment. So I can relate to all these styles, although as far as I'm concerned, they're not alive anymore. So we're trying to find something new and articulate what I would like to call, you know, an attempt of creating authentic 21st century music, essentially. And it's a mashup between electronic styles and jazz and rock and, and R&B and hip hop and, you know, all different things. You mentioned a minute ago that you feel as if music that... Um... We've, we've gone nowhere for the past two decades. 
is there going to be a time where you think we're going to get out of this, Jojo? And what? And if so, what are we requiring? Is there? Are we needing another Beatles? Are we needing another a band that's going to speak to so many people? Uh, what are we lacking? Are we going to get out of this? Well, you know, uh, I'm not sure if we're ever going to have another Beatles. And this is not because we don't have people which are talented like that or people with great idea, but the Beatles were a product of their time, of their era. So this is not going to happen again. You know, I mean, we we have people, of course, you know, I'm, uh, you know, that, that, that even, you know, protrude into the mainstream, let's say like James Blake, who's a very extraordinary musician and like a visionary. Uh, however, James Blake will never be as big as the Beatles or as Hendrix because the time that we live in will not allow for him to, to have this position at this very moment in time. So I, I think it's, it's, it's a matter of critical mass, you know, I mean, the more, younger are uh, you know younger artists will will go like this at some point it will create critical mass and and we will create to create a network of uh idealism or or people that are connected with each other that will create a similar atmosphere as you know what we had with jazz in the 30s or or with rock and roll in the 50s and the 60s uh you know or electronic music in the in the early nineties, you know, um, those things come in, uh, come in cycles, but, um, we can certainly not wait for this to happen. Uh, uh, every individual microscopic cell, no matter how small it is, hell will have to take initiative and create the music that they want to hear, you know, and, you know, without following any protocol or, you know, anyone would like tell them, Oh, this is how it's supposed to be. You know, this is the good thing about our, our time because um, we really all we have to do is choose the freedom to do so because I think right now the big question with all of that is we you know we have the choice between security and freedom you know and you can't have the cake and eat it so when it comes to art security was never never a good recipe for to create good art you know there's always risk involved into like art and you know and and the risk is the risk of failing and the reason why popular music culture or popular art culture is not good anymore is because it's been held hostage by corporate um interests that are scared of losing money so the whole art uh, like our whole culture is driven by fear of losing as opposed to what it's supposed to be, which is it's supposed to be driven by, by, by idealism, by curiosity, by courage, by, by empathy, by, by a sense of humor, you know, by fun. That's, that's what it's supposed to be driven and not by fear of losing money. You know, that's, that's where I'm coming from generally. And, and, and I hope, with everything that I do, I can somehow, you know, inspire another person to, you know, to revisit their point of view and become aware of how much of their drive is operated by fear and how much is operated by curiosity and in, in you know, and idealism. 
I love these opinions. I could do this all day. Give, I want your opinion on this. I'm just going to throw this out there. Just tell me your thoughts. Social media and, and music, what are the good points? What are the bad points? Where do you stand on it? Well, the good point is that we can communicate without a middleman. I mean, the middleman is still there somehow. It's, it's Facebook or Twitter, you know. So there's, there's, there's still somehow like a protocol that, that kind of like put some sort of type of a curb on what we can post and what we cannot post. So, so it's not really completely free. Um, the bad thing is that um, the social media has kind of like uh, intimidated the people who use it to a certain degree where they lost their cultural confidence. You know, everybody is so scared to lose their position in the social, you know, in the social fabric. If they don't constantly, uh, you know, get legitimacy, uh, you know, to post, Oh, this is what I have having for dessert or look who I'm hanging out with or look what concert I'm going or, or, or look what I found or look what I like, look what I wear. So it's all about like, uh, kind of trying to, you know, uh, become that avatar which lives out there which is not really you so the problem about the social network is that the mask is becoming the face and it's uh, and people become very scared and isolated about you know being disconnected if they don't use it all the time uh, but it's a con game because i don't think it's real it's a uh, you know People have to understand what is real and what's not, and and to use the social network in a creative way and not just create noise. I think that's a challenge. You know, if we use it, if if you use the 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 web smartly, it's a beautiful thing, but we can also become slaves of it. You know, and and that will create. The somehow like the loneliness of the social network user, which kind of like sits there and really doesn't have as many friends as he has likes on Facebook. You know, the mask is becoming the face. Yes, I'm going to use that line as my own. That is a brilliant line. Yeah, that is that is the challenge. That's the problem. Um, we yeah. mentioned earlier the history of the drums. Um, you got a chance to touch on it on your TED talk, which I watched earlier, as, as I mentioned to you. Um, I'm interested to know a little bit more about this because I've studied on it a little bit, but your knowledge on it, on it is, is phenomenal. Um, the history of the drums, it started off uh, drums used as a communication tool. Can you kind of take it from here and, and tell us a bit about that? Well, you know, I mean, it, it, there's no scientific evidence to this. It's a, it's a theory which is supported by circumstantial evidence that the drums surface in, in civilization approximately around the same time as we started to use language to communicate. So I do believe there is a strong tie and, and, and I believe, believe communication sits at the bottom of rhythm culture and drumming or, you know, whatever it might be. You know, this is, I think drumming is really at the essence it is communication. And as such, I would like to use it, you know, and, and I think we talk about the social network and not rudiments because I, 
I think becoming aware of that power of that instrument to, to do that, you know? So it's, uh, I think it can also to a certain degree, uh, it can intimidate people because, mm, you know, in America, a couple of hundred years ago, when they, when they took the s- slaves from Africa and brought them to America, the first thing that they did, they took their drums away because they understood that it was a means of communication that they didn't understand. So the drums has a, has a power, you know, and if you take the drums out of hip hop or the rhythm out of hip hop, out of rock and roll, out of jazz, you have a squid that is useless, you know, a spineless, whatever thing. This is like the rhythm is the vertebrae, you know, it gives, it gives those styles the teeth which from which they can bite (laughs) and uh that's what i do that's what i do i mean the drums can be lovely and romantic and whatever but the drums can also be a weapon you know and and i think uh we have i'm trying to communicate that to drummer not to become you know you know not to become absurd absurd uh, or um, absorbed, I'm sorry, <laughs> by, you know, uh, the geekiness and the, the you know, the, the technical possibilities or the conceptual possibilities that this instrument has. You know, I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong about, you know, being able to play, uh, you know, odd groupings over dissonant polyrhythms in some crazy meter it's fine to do that, but you also need to reach some someone with it. And I think uh, we we have to return to the essence of drumming. And that's why I picked this up in my TED Talk. Because in the Western world, as far as what I can see, uh, there's a lot of cultural insecurity from drummers and about drums. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're still largely considered at to be some sort of gorillas which are not smart enough to learn the real instruments where uh, I think it's actually scientifically proven that like three drummers are smarter than regular people, you know, because drumming does something to your brain that uh, it, uh, it expands your capacity. This is uh, scientifically proven. So we're not those stupid people, you know, we are the leaders, you know, we are the shamans. We are the guys that kick ass, you know. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, to go from JoJo's point there, us poor drummers, if we've always um, gained a reputation for being stupid people, but JoJo Mayer, with his thoughts and feelings on a day-to-day basis, disproves that theory. Nerve UK Tour coming up. They're starting off in Oxford on the 31st of October. Check out the dates on the website. Of course, JoJo's official site as well, jojomayer.com. You can catch Nerve on Facebook, Nerve Official. JoJo, always an absolute pleasure to, to chat to you. I love how deep and meaningful the conversations are and I hope to see you in Glasgow as well. The Glasgow date, of course, being the 3rd of November in the ABC. Um, one of the greatest drummers ever, uh, Jojo, without question. Um, and thanks very much for, for joining me today, man. All right, thank you very much. I'll see you soon. <laughs> A fantastic interview there. 
Oh, yes. With the one and only Jojo Mayer. And I'm back now with my frequent co-host with the Mo host, Nora Francesca Juliette Barry Germain. How are you doing, Scott? Well, you know me, Nora, can't complain. Did you hear me talking to number two there? What do you mean talking to number two there? Number two, the second. The second greatest. Oh, second greatest drummer in the world compared to you. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, I think that guy is really cool, and I'm so glad that we got to have him on. And everybody should go check him out on tour. Absolutely. No, uh, he is. He's, the guy's a genius, man. I could genuinely listen to me talk all day long. But anyway, let's talk about you. For him that didn't catch a podcast last week, you're in the new Postmodern Jukebox video. It's online for everybody to see, and it's a cover of actually, Family Actually, I've got a new thing that's come out today, actually. Hat this me. is old news. Now it's a new thing. I don't know if anybody over there is familiar with the show on the History Channel. Also, it goes on um, other websites called Drunk History. It's a comedy, Drunk History. Yep. Okay, I'm featured in the episode that's coming out today called Bar Fights, which is very funny. So if you are um, a fan of the show, Drunk History, watch this episode. I think it's season four, episode one. But anyway, it's called Bar Fights, and I'm playing a whole bunch of fiddle on it. So that's fun. Nice one. Bar fights. So you're on the History Channel this week. You were in Postmodern Jukebox video last week. It's all happening in the land of Nora Germain. And again, MD that's not familiar, <laughs> Nora has got a book coming out. Check out Nora or everywhere she is. An amazing violin player for MD that doesn't know that frequently doesn't tune into the podcast or whatever. Um, so check her out. She's on Facebook. She's on the Twitter. She's on the Bebo. She's on the everything. Yes, definitely. Come on over. I've got lots of new music available. And a lot of it is available for free. So, going to be a big party. Definitely stop by my Facebook page and say hello. Schmello. Bonjour is this in Spain. Yes. You know, I said to somebody, my French friend, I went to have a rehearsal with him and I said au revoir, but I forgot. That's actually goodbye, isn't it? It's not hello. No, it's au revoir. I mean, have you ever seen a show called Only Fools and Horses or heard of it? No. It's it's based in, in London, right? It's an old comedy show, and the main uh -huh. the main character Del Boy, uh, is like yes. a, a a wheeler dealer. That's probably not yes. an American term. He's like um, a little bit of a no. You know what that yeah, means, right? Yeah, we've got right? that. Yeah, right? yeah, we've got that. Yeah. Well, well Del Boy's like a lovable a lovable wheeler dealer, and he always yeah. tries to be smart and try and, and use a bit of French occasionally, but he consistently got his bonjour and his au revoir mixed up. Oh, that's me. Yes, it was very funny. You really had to be in there. Wow, that's funny. I'll definitely send it to me so I can watch it. NoraGermain.com, JojoMayer.com, ScottCowie.com, all the .coms. Check them all yeah. out. Check every website yeah. that's got .com in it. It's all good yeah. stuff. But make those definitely. three your first port of call with mine at the top of the list. Thank you to Nora Germain, and more importantly, our main guest today, the one and only Jojo Mayer. He's a fantastic drummer. He's the main man. Uh, thanks to him. Thanks to Nora. Thanks to the noisy cafe that Nora is in. Uh, thanks to Ron North, our producer. Thanks to everybody. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, much love. Subscribe, rate, review. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Um, tell the animals. We like the animals. Tell the squirrels. Tell the squirrels. And tell, tell the bees because they're now endangered as of last week. They are in danger. Um, uh, donate to the bees. And we will see you guys next week. Take care. Bye. Mwah.